Big talker is grocers, the greedy grocers, as Jagmeet Singh likes to call them. And he's tabled an NDP motion on Monday to tackle what he calls greedflation. And it got all party support with MPs agreeing that they'll investigate grocery store profits and why they are so out of line with Canadians struggling to buy food. And the motion, of course, comes on the heels of this announcement that Loblaws made that, oh, yes, we're going to freeze our no-name brand items until January 31st, which is, by the way, a very profitable side of the grocery business, so it's not going to hurt their bottom line. But then, of course, Metro comes along, puts out a statement, and says, oh, yeah, well, we do that anyway. We always freeze stuff anyway, so, like, no big deal. Okay, well, it is a big deal. Because as Sylvain Charlebois, the food prof, says in his tweet, this is what collusion looks like. So maybe there is something worth looking into for this committee. But can you imagine a guy like Galen Weston coming up to testify? Like, what would you want to ask him? What is the question that should be asked of these grocery execs? Let's ask someone who would know. His name is John Keogh, founding and managing principal of Chantella. He's a professor of practice at McGill University. But I know him as the guy who knows everything about things like supply chains and how things work beside, behind the scenes at grocery stores. Good to have you, John. Hi, Alex. Thanks for having me. What's your take on this latest chapter, um, you know, with Loblaws coming out to play kind of like, you know, the good guy, and then uh, Metro coming down and saying, well, we do that anyway, so it's, you know, not a big deal. Yeah, it's kind of bizarre. I think, uh, you know, StatsCan came out and confirmed again, you know, uh, price inflation at about running at about 10.8% on average. You know, consumers are very concerned, so... But I think the timing of the message from Loblaws is suspect. I think they probably should have done it previously. Uh, there were calls for this during the summer. Um, so maybe they left it a little bit too late. And now I think, uh, you know, the the online world uh, don't see much credibility in the claim. And, and that's unfortunate. So I think it smells like a PR campaign for, for no brand and own brand. Um, and I think that's what it may turn out to be. You know, Galen Weston talked about it in the announcement that uh, they're they're un, they're not in control of the price uh, increases. They were, he was putting pushing the blame back on the, the the brands that supply them, and I don't think that's right. Yeah, I mean, look, uh, there's gonna gonna be a lot of politics here, and, and and the grocery stores may not be doing anything at all, but they just can't get out of their way, John. Whether it's the price fixing scheme with the bread. Or, you know, the, this issue is that they are seen in the public, whether they're doing anything wrong at all, as being, you know, gouging. And, and that doesn't just go away. So the public's not very happy. And so when they see this gesture of goodwill and then find out, well, it's not really a gesture. It's kind of a shell game where they're moving things around. It, it begs the question, is there more to look at? Um, you know, Sylvain Charlebois has been pretty clear that he doesn't believe that there's evidence to show gouging because when you look at the profit margins, when you look at the big grocers, it's about 2 to 4%. So he says, look, it would be a lot bigger if they were gouging. However, when you hear like a metro statement and you think, well, is there collusion going on? Um, there needs <clears throat> to be looked into. So what, what would you want or what should be asked of the grocery execs that people would kind of be surprised at in your mind? Well, I think the first thing they need to do is they, they need to conclude on the code of grocery conduct that has been lingering all this summer and going back to July, you, you know, the industry association said we'll get there, but we have a, a lot of problems. And just to remind uh, listeners, the code of conduct is to try to stop the bullying from the grocers uh, to the to the, the, the brands of the pr processors. And the bullying includes uh, withholding payments, you know, deductions, fines, fees, 
And, and they also want to figure out a process for being able to increase prices so that the, the processors can legitimately pass those on to the retailers. So when you look at the, the growth in uh, own brand, um, in the supply chains, the, 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 the retailers have more control over their, those supply chains. Uh, they, they have modeled this. So I can guarantee listeners that uh, Loblaws is not going to lose money here. They've done very elaborate and very detailed modeling. They've looked at the pricing over the next uh, uh, four to six months, and they're, they will absolutely not lose money in this, uh, this effort. There's probably prices that will reduce. Uh, Loblaws have made a statement that they'll put those on sale, even if they're no name, and I think that's good. Um, and there's some things that that consumers need to be concerned about. Uh, will they be using cheaper ingredients? Will they be applying shrinkflation? So, in other words, smaller package sizes. Um, and will they will they pass on you know price changes uh, other than just in discounts? And I don't think that's going to happen. Alex, if I can mention just briefly as well, the statement from Metro I think was awkward, mm-hmm. and I think it's been misinterpreted. How do you interpret um, it then? Because, I mean, most are interpreting it as like, okay, well, they're just giving away a trade <clears throat> secret that they've got this, they've already got this built into their pricing. So is, how do you read it? So it's it's the normal industry practice to not accept uh, processor price increases between November and uh, and February. Uh, so I think it's been conflated to say that there's collusion what there is not what what metro is talking about uh, based on my understanding of it is uh, it was an awkward statement by metro but it was intended to talk about supplier freezes not price collusion at the retail level so i think that uh, uh, metro may do a, a mea culpa and come out and reclarify that statement before the end of today Okay, and and fair enough. Um, So let's not say it's collusion, but it certainly would be seen, I think, by some saying, well, if this is what they do anyway, what Lawlaws has done is kind of tidied it up with a bow and said, look, here, we're part of the good guys. We're going to help you when it was already something that they'd be doing anyway. So it's a badly managed PR stunt. That, that's right. That's right. It's uh, it's not good for the image of retail in Canada right now. Um, and I think, you know, the crisis management teams within retail are, are scratching their heads and trying to figure this out. There's there's also something underlying here, Alex, that you, you I'm sure you're aware of as well. When uh, Sylvain Charlebois came out several months ago and made the call and just asked our retailers if they would voluntarily uh, reduce uh, fees prices, uh, he was attacked by the associations. So normally speaking, normally speaking the, the retailers will hide behind their associations and the, the associations will come out and they make a response. You know, the Canadian Federation of Independent Grocers mm-hmm. basically did a personal a personal attack on him and talked about Dalhousie and talked about Dalhousie increasing their, their fees per year. Uh, the Canadian Retail Association, this Diana Brisbois, she also came out and said, stop giving misinformation to the market. You don't understand retail. So I think both of the associations have egg on their face right now. And honestly... I'm I'm happy to see that Loblaws came out and made this statement. There's an organization in the U.S. that doesn't exist anymore. It was called Grocery Manufacturing Association. They became so militant that some of their members actually left. The organization was disbanded and had to be reborn as something else. This is what I see in Canada as well, that militancy with the associations, and it's not good. 
No, it's not. I mean, look, if we want to solve this and get more, um, you know, lower prices for Canadians in anything, we need more competition. And so, like, unleash the power of competition and, and it'll, it'll uh, I think, force the big guys to mm. start having to, to earn their buck and or being more transparent. Yeah, unfortunately, that, that won't work in Canada. You know, we're the size of Texas, really, and we have just such a big country and a small population. Um, I don't think uh, adding competition will help. You know, we saw what... Uh, but what happens in the area of telecoms, we know we have extraordinarily high telecoms costs. When small players come in, they get squashed out of the market. We see it now with uh, low-cost airlines as well. Air Canada has been predatory in the past. So Canada is, is not does not have a good reputation in setting up and leveling the playing field for competition. So what's the solution then? Because, I mean, people – I mean, to me, it, it's just like we, we kind of – is it because of the size of the country? Is it because of the governing rule? Like, what is the solution to this? Because I think Canadians are fed up with this, John. That, that's that's right. And I, I don't think there's any simple solution to it. But I think the, the grocer's code of conduct will go along with is this strong love-hate relationship here between the, the yeah. retailers and, and the producers, the processors. And when you're a processor and you're doing your own planning and then you're, you supply, you know, mega millions to a, a grocer, and then they they apply fines for some strange reason. They they withhold payments if you were you know didn't ship the full shipment uh, to them. So there's a lot of things that happen in the dynamics of the relationships where even the retailers say themselves, yes, we have very bad relationships. I think the first thing that needs to happen is to get that fixed. And government, I think the Canadian government said to them, if they can't do it on their own, that they will step in and help them. So. You know, last time I checked in was the end of July, beginning of August, and they still hadn't fixed it. But the associations were saying that they were confident that they will get through the major hurdles. I doubt it. And I think the government does need to get involved to uh, to level the playing pitch, get all of these players working together and get them to fix their PR and their ethics. Yeah. Well, I mean, bringing the government to fix anything is kind of an oxymoron, John, as we know. But that's we'll, that's uh, true. That's, <laughs> we'll yeah. Stay tuned on that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Very much appreciate picking your brain on this stuff. So we'll see how this one plays out throughout the day. Thanks so much. Thanks, Alex. That is John Keogh uh, giving us the insight. And again, I, like I, clearly my takeaway is it's not getting fixed because the government will screw it up and the lobbyists have got their, they've shored up their uh, game for them. It's again, Canadians just seem to get caught in the middle on all of this.